Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. Here we are, July the 2nd, 2022, Saturday in the year of our Lord Jesus, 2022. Wow, this year seems to be flying by. I am David Pinkerton. I'm your radio pastor, and I am glad you're tuned in today to WXAN Radio. Here in the region, you can catch us at 103.9 FM, or you can get us over the internet at www.wxanradio.com. Then click on Listen Live. We are glad to have you. Text a friend, call a friend, email a friend, notify someone that the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on today. And we're glad that you're with us. It's an exciting time to be a Christian in America. It's an exciting time to see that the God of heaven is answering the prayers of his saints. We are grateful for WXAN Radio, and we pray that you'll support them prayerfully and financially as a really good ministry investment to reach the world with the gospel and spread the good news of the Bible and Jesus Christ, who is good tidings. All right, this morning, here we are on the eve of... um, having our Independence Day celebrated, July the 4th. Open your Bibles, please, to Psalm chapter number 33. Psalm chapter number 33. I'm excited today, really excited to be with you on the broadcast and to share some blessings, as you know, and we can kind of uh, look at today that God has answered the prayers of so many of his saints. And wow, folks, he's listening. Keep praying. He's listening. He's working. All right, Psalm chapter number 33. I do want to preach along the line of uh, Independence Day and uh, patriotism and and what uh, the United States of America is all about. We're grateful for the country, the United States of America. We have our share of issues, Lord knows that, but we still are the greatest country on the face of the earth. I'm thankful for the... the uh, the flag that we get to pledge our allegiance to. I'm thankful for the freedoms and the privileges we have of living in the United States of America. Wow. Thank the Lord we were we were able to live here and minister here and live our life in, in its abundance in the faith and to the faith of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Psalm chapter 33, and I draw your attention to verse number 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Folks, I am very, very thankful this morning that uh, we can rejoice. And I want to start out today rejoicing on this very fact that uh, June the 24th, Dorinda and I's anniversary, frankly, our 33rd anniversary, we're glad to say, that uh, the Supreme Court handed down the decision of overturning Roe versus Wade. And how grateful we are for the prayers, the the saints, you ought to be rejoicing. Now, that doesn't end abortion, but it turns the power back over to the individual states to set their laws accordingly without any kind of federal, uh, any kind of federal interference whatsoever. It is a major landmark victory for life. The Bible talks that God is life. God in God's favor is life. So we're rejoicing today in the United States of America that think about this verses on on Roe versus Wade. Wow. God has answered the prayers of so many of his saints 50 years starting January the 22nd of 1973 Roe versus Wade was passed should have never been passed but 
what it did was decriminalize abortion nationwide. Decriminalized it. Now, on June the 24th, 2022, that the Supreme Court voted to end the federal constitutional right to an abortion. They've ended the right to an abortion from the federal perspective. And hallelujah, over 63 million innocent human beings, babies, in the past 50 years have been aborted in their mother's womb. And ladies and gentlemen, I realize that it is in some capacities a controversial issue. It's not a controversial issue to me because I believe the Bible. In God's favor is life. God's the giver of life. God is also the taker of life. But there's a major uproar going on nowadays in America. They're having a fit, and I'm just going to call it the way it is. The Biden administration is lying to the United States of America through the mainstream media on a large scale. They're promoting a false narrative that abortion is a constitutional right. And folks, the U.S. Constitution mentions nothing about abortion. Nothing. And Justice Alito read in the opinion, and I quote, We therefore hold that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. End of quote. Hallelujah. God is answering prayers. Yes, listen closely. This is going to be a very political and a biblical type of message, if you will. Former President Barack Obama made the statement in his smug arrogance one day that elections have consequences. And that's true, they do. And Donald J. Trump, the former president, elected three Supreme Court justices. God allowed him to be in position. How do I say that? Because the scripture says, The Lord, promotion cometh not from the north or from the south, the east or the west, but promotion cometh from the sides of the north. God sitteth down one, and he taketh up another. God put Donald J. Trump in his position as an answer to the prayers of saints. And this man was pro-life, and he got the privilege, and we witnessed it, of putting three Supreme Court justices on the bench. That's remarkable. The devil hates that. The, the crazy, evil-spirited, lunatic, liberal left hate that. But the Christian, biblically, and, and open-minded, well-thinking, clear-thinking, intelligent human beings, Christian and non-Christian alike, understand that life is valuable, that it is not a convenience to take it. And in God's favor is life. Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So we're rejoicing today. And I want to get into some very simple thoughts, but before I do, I don't want to get away from Roe versus Wade and the abortion subject for a minute. I'm not afraid of a controversial subject. You're welcome to write me, drdave13 at gmail.com. I'll answer any of your questions, and we can discuss anything civilly you would like to discuss. However, God gives life, and God is the only one that can take life, period. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16, thou shalt not kill. That means interpreted, thou shalt do no murder. Murder is a sin, and abortion is murder, period. I've dealt with in the pastorate a number of women who had had abortions. 
and had to reassure them that God could forgive them and will forgive them and love them and establish them and and help them. So it's a privilege to do that. But abortion not only takes the life of a child, it scars the life of the lady, of the woman. I've heard it repeatedly. Now I want to share something with you that I think is very alarming. Here's the mainstream media, folks. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, the mainstream media, they have a corporate leftist agenda, and they are activists. Thank God for WXAN Radio, where we can help promote the truth of the Bible, but also the truth of what's going on in American culture today. They are, listen, here's what they're covering up. Listen closely. Since Roe versus Wade has passed, there is carnage and destruction going on through activists, militant activists, on the liberal left agenda since main i quote since mainstream media for the most part is ignoring the violence being done to pregnancy resource centers i'll post this so a bit more of america can know more about it focus on the family president jim daly writes in newsweek and i quote one of the many tragic ironies of the left's campaign to serve women by preserving their right to abort their children, is just how often it does a deadly disservice to women in need of help. Take the current rash of firebombings and attacks on pregnancy resource centers. Violent pro-abortion groups are targeting organizations and individuals who have committed their lives to helping women and children. These centers provide prenatal care, including ultrasounds, as well as counseling. Many offer free diapers, clothing, and baby formula. By attempting to disrupt these operations through violence and vandalism, the attackers deprive young mothers of the care they desperately need. You see, it's illogical and it's maddening. The same individuals who claim to champion women's rights are also protesting, picketing, and attempting to intimidate Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett and her family at their home. Individuals in clothes painted to appear bloodied by walking the sidewalks outside the justice's household, which includes children also. These individuals and groups are now receiving help from elected officials. This is the Biden administration and those affiliated with it. Folks, don't be fooled. Late last week, more than 20 Democratic lawmakers appealed to Google to block pregnancy resource centers from appearing in search results. In other words, they don't want women to know that help and care could be as close as a phone call away or just around the block. Instead, they want expectant moms to find Planned Parenthood, which will happily murder their babies and put them at significant risk, both in the short and in the long term. And these are individuals who care about the health of women? Give me a break. Over the course of the last 50 days, dozens of churches and pro-life organizations have been attacked. They've been firebombed and vandalized. On Father's Day, two pregnancy resource centers in Dearborn Heights and Redford, Michigan, had their glass doors and windows smashed. A week earlier, another clinic was set on fire in in Gresham, Oregon. Too many of our national leaders have met these attacks with silence. Where's the president speaking out? He's not the president, by the way, and the world knows it. He's a joke. 
Where are the elected officials speaking out against this? Where are the ministers across America? Where are we speaking out? Why aren't we proclaiming this stuff? It's clear that the left doesn't want to help women. They want to help kill preborn children and deprive mothers and their babies of much-needed care. What heartless person would want to withdraw assistance from a vulnerable woman? It seems to me that in the face of undeniable reality, that a preborn life in the womb is not simply a clump of tissue. The best tactic the left can employ is censorship. It knows it cannot win an argument about abortion on its merits, both morally and scientifically. So it wages a war reminiscent of a Soviet-era misinformation campaign. End of quote. Now, I've got something else I want to read to you. And these are excerpts, folks, about human development, about when life begins. And I'm going to quote you from a pro-choice, non-Christian person. Listen, and I quote, Human development begins at fertilization. This highly specialized uh, totipotent cell marked the beginning of each of us as an in, as a unique individual. That's from Keith Moore, the developing human, clinically oriented. Now I want to share another one with you. This comes from a non-Christian, but a scientist. Quote, In this sense, there is no doubt that from the first moments of its existence, an embryo conceived from human sperm and eggs is a human being. End of quote. Now get this, who this comes from. Peter Singer, S-I-N-G-E-R. He is not a Christian. From Practical Ethics, 3rd edition, New York, Cambridge University. Ladies and gentlemen, God gives life. In a conception, there is life. So America has been blessed since June the 24th with the decision about Roe versus Wade. God's favor is life and the child and the mother. So let's look at America with the time that we have left today. Let's examine, number one, America's greatness. Psalm 33 and verse 12 said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Think about that. Look at America's greatness. You know, if America knows how to do one thing, folks, and that that is to sweep the international competition when it comes to absolutely breathtaking, awe-inspiring landscapes. Our greatness, one of the points of our greatness in America is our beauty. Our country is beautiful. If America knows how to do any one thing, that's to sweep the international competition when it comes to absolutely breathtaking, awe-inspiring landscapes. Few other places on earth have the same geographic range as the 50 states of the United States, where you can find everything from sweltering deserts to mossy rainforests to uh, unending tundras from coast to coast. It isn't hard to find a vista that'll leave you in total reverence of what God can do. End of quote. America is great because her beauty, we're the most, one of the most beautiful, if not the, and I'm going to be biased here, the most beautiful country on the face of the earth. So America's greatness, we're great for our beauty, but secondly, we're great for our freedoms. 
We're great for our freedoms. The United States of America is 245 years young. Now, that's young from a historical perspective. But it's a long time for a nation to remain free. When you look at our history in the context of world history, America is still just a child among the nations. Egypt, China, Japan, Rome, and Greece all make America's history seem so short. Consider what a brief time we've really had as a nation. When Thomas Jefferson died, Abraham Lincoln was a young man of 17. When Lincoln was assassinated, Woodrow Wilson was a boy of 8. By the time he died, Ronald Reagan was a boy of 12. And when Reagan was in the office of president, our most recent president, <laughs> uh, <laughs> unbelievable, was, was on the scene. We're a young country. We're a young country. America's great because of our beauty. We're great because of our freedoms. Folks, we've been given freedom. People come to this country because of the freedoms that we have. Our founding fathers understood that. They understand that there's a real, we need to understand this, there's a real trend in American society today for anti-Americanism. You see that on American media. Anti-Americanism, anti-patriotism. The United Nations is trying to strip us from our sovereignty. The joke we have in the White House is trying to strip us from our sovereignty. And folks, revisionist history is trying to undermine the character and the integrity of our founding fathers, saying that our founding fathers, uh, they weren't motivated by principle, but they were motivated rather by property, motivated by greed and motivated by wealth. That's not true. The men who signed the Declaration of Independence had far more to lose than they had to gain. Most every one of them were wealthy already. Twenty-four of them were lawyers, and such nine were landowners or rich farmers. Eleven were merchants, and the others were physicians, ministers, politicians, and etc. All but two had, had families. They were educated men. And they were men of standing in their communities. And they knew that security and prosperity could be lost if they signed. But they wanted freedom. And America is great because of our freedom. And our founding fathers built us on Judeo-Christian principles. That's undeniable. And these founding fathers knew that the penalty for treason was hanging. Yet they signed the Declaration of Independence. Men such as John Hancock, Stephen Hopkins... Uh, they signed on purpose, knowing it could cost them their life, but they were signing for freedom. And we enjoy that freedom today through the men and the women who protect this country. And God bless the fallen soldiers and their families and the current soldiers and those who are protecting our freedoms. America is great because of her beauty and her freedoms. Number two, America is great because of her God. The revisionists want to rewrite history in order to undermine the character and integrity of our founding fathers. They also want to undermine our godly heritage. They try to tell us that this nation wasn't really founded upon God. Ladies and gentlemen, they are wrong. America, in 1620, the first pilgrims arrived. A band of people crossed the Atlantic in a boat of 26 by 113 in its dimensions. They looked for a place where they could, quote, worship for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, end of quote. Think about that. In 1863, 
Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving Day. In his proclamation, he made an important and an accurate theological point. He said, and I quote, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved we have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient in the feel, rather to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. End of quote. On and on and on from the Puritans to Benjamin Franklin to separatist Christians to the first colonies in Jamestown, Virginia and Roger Williams, a Baptist minister. This country was given to us to promote the Christian faith and to exalt and worship Jesus Christ. We are a country founded on the Bible, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a Christian country, and we must continue to promote Jesus and preach and teach the Bible in order to protect that. It's trying to be stolen from us. The devil wants to steal it. Christian people, worship Jesus, promote, preach, and teach Jesus. We are great because of our beauty in America. We are great because of our freedoms in America. But we are great because we have a godly Christian heritage. Ronald Reagan said, and I quote, If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be one nation under gone. Now let's look thirdly, quickly. Not only America's greatness, America's God, but America's guilt. The guilt of America lies in the indifference and the complacency of Christian people. Yes, you and I. All that is necessary for evil, to, for triumph of evil is that good men do nothing, Edmund Burke said. Folks, we need to stand up and vote and get to participate in this culture to promote Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Our country needs Jesus. If you're listening this morning and you need to know Christ as Savior, recognize you're a sinner. You cannot save yourself, and by grace God will save you. Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood in our place. He was buried in the tomb and resurrected the third day for our justification. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10:13. Bow your head and in the sincerity of your heart, Ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Follow me in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Amen. Now, if you'll write me, drdave13 at gmail.com, we'll get you some literature to start a new Christian life. Christian people, our guilt is our complacency. We're not praying for elected officials. We're not getting involved in the election process. We're not speaking out and preaching and teaching the Word of God without fear, favor, or compromise. 
Our guilt is complacency. Christian, the churches are dead because of complacency. Now I want to quickly, in the time remaining, give you five things that every Christian must do for their government if we're going to be a, a Christian nation continuing. Number one, every Christian should pay for government. That means we pay taxes. Stop complaining about it. Jesus did it. And pay your taxes. Romans 13 says pay your taxes. Number two, every Christian should pray for government. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Pray for revival. Pray for the elected leaders. Pray for God to remove the evil ones and place them with Christian-valued people, principled people who still respect the Constitution of the United States. Pray for our government. Pay for our government. Number three, every Christian must do this for our government. Praise our nation. Despite all of our problems, the United States is still the greatest nation on the earth. And we need a revival of good old-fashioned patriotism. Fly those flags. Play the star-spangled banner. And support America. Be a patriot for America. And if you're listening and you don't like what we're talking about today, why don't you just leave the country? Many of these liberals are screaming across social media since the the, uh, opinion of Roe versus Wade and it's been overturned. And they're screaming they want to leave the country. Well, get on a plane and get out of here if you don't like this country. Leave. Good riddance. Stay away. We don't need you. We should pay for the government. We should pray for the government. We should praise our nation. Number four, every Christian should not only do that, but every Christian should participate in government. It is inconceivable that God would ordain such a government as we have in America and then tell his people to stay out of it. It is our Christian duty to get informed on the policies and the current events and vote for people who have biblical morality and common courtesy and decency and intelligence and vote them into office to hold our government accountable. And number five, quickly, every Christian should persuade our government. How do you make a difference? Well, we live in a republic, folks. That means that, for the most part, public policy is shaped by public opinion. And there's only one way to affect public opinion. It's not by billboards, radios, or TV ads, or social media ads. It is to get the Word of God, the Bible, into the hearts of people. Now, folks, I've spoken a little bit today on political freedom, but most importantly is spiritual freedom. John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are all born and bound by sin, and Jesus holds the key to set us free. Do you know Him as your Savior? Trust Him. If you do, and you're a Christian, live by biblical principles. Get revived. Live according to the Bible. Preach and teach Jesus. Vote these evil, illegitimate people out of positions of authority. America's great because of her greatness, her God, and her guilt. Let's overcome the complacency, Christians, and get revived. Serve God. Be in church. Share the gospel and love the Lord Jesus supremely. And I'm going to conclude today with a national prayer of repentance. And this is taken from a book entitled America, Return to God. And it is from a prayer of Reverend Joe Wright at a new session of the Kansas Senate 
in January of 1996. And here's what Reverend Wright said, and I quote, Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask your forgiveness and to seek your direction and guidance. We know your word says, Woe to those who call evil good. But that's exactly what we have done in America. We have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. And we confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshipped the other gods and called it multi multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle. We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We have killed our unborn and called it choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We have abused power and called it politics. We have coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. Guide and bless the men and women who have been put in elected positions to direct us to the center of a God-given will and to openly ask these things in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. May God revive Pastor David, every one of you, and America. Thank God for America. We are the greatest country on the face of the earth. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Pray for America. Happy July the 4th, Independence Day. God bless every one of you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Yes. 